Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to the son and gave him the name of Jesus. Thank you, Naomi. Well, uh, I want to add my welcome uh, to Libby and James. My name is Paul. I'm also one of the clergy here. And just going to look at that passage that we've read. I'm sure it's a well-known story for us all. We know the story uh, of Christmas. We know the nativity story. But tonight, I want to draw and focus on somebody who's a bit of an unlikely character. I'm not going to look at Mary. We're not going to talk about the angel. We're not even going to do sweet baby Jesus, I'm going to be honest, or maybe a little later. I want to focus on Joseph. I want to look at Joseph today. I want to look about the choices that Joseph had in this reading, in this passage. I want to look at the decision that Joseph made as well. Let's be honest, life is full of choices, isn't it? Dave uh, told us last week that on average, an average person in the UK makes around 35,000 choices or decisions a day. 35,000 a day. No wonder you get people like Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook or Barack Obama just limiting their choices to what they wear. So they would wear the same sort of thing and just rotate them because it would limit the choices that they have to make, the decisions they have to make in life. Well, when I think about choices, when I think about choosing things, my mind goes to a very spiritual place, a very biblical, Christmassy sort of place, and I just think about train spotting. Do you know, I don't know if you've seen train spotting, maybe you've seen train spotting too, because in train spotting too, there's this scene. It's actually filmed here in Edinburgh in Harvey Nick's store, and you get Ewan McGregor explaining to Veronica what choose life is. Well, tonight, um, I've got a little bit of the script. I've removed a couple of F words, as you can imagine, from the script just for tonight's audience. But it goes a little something like this. He's explaining what Choose Life is, and he says, Choose Life was a well-meaning slogan from a 1980s anti-drug campaign. And we used to add things to it. So I might say, for example, Choose designer lingerie in the vain hope of kicking some life back into a dead relationship. Choose handbags, choose high-heeled shoes, cashmere and silk to make yourself feel for what passes as happy. 
Choose Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and a thousand other ways to spew your bile across people you've never met. Choose updating your profile. Tell the world what you've had for breakfast in the hope that somebody somewhere cares. Choose looking up old flames, desperate to believe that you look better than they do. Choose life blogging from your first to your last breath. Human interaction reduced to nothing more than data. Choose unfulfilled promises and wishing you'd done it all differently. Choose never learning from your mistakes. Choose watching history repeat itself. Choose a slow lean towards what you can get rather than what you'd always hoped for. Settle for less and keep a brave face. Choose disappointment and choose your future, Veronica. Choose life. Slightly depressing, Mr. McGregor, I think, there. But this whole thing about choosing life. Did Joseph choose life? Joseph had this decision to make. Did he choose the life that was growing inside of Mary? What were Joseph's choices? Well, Joseph, he could have believed her or he could have walked away from her. You know, it's quite a remarkable story, isn't it? You've got his uh, wife-to-be coming up to him saying, look, um, I'm pregnant. It's not yours. I was trying to kind of relate it and think, well, I've been married. We've got four kids. If Katie came up to me and said, hey, we're having a fifth, um, you're not the dad. Um, You you don't know the dad really, kind of. Um, The dad's God. I'm not sure I'd believe her. Sorry, Katie. I don't think I'd believe her. Um, I think I would need an angel or some sort of divine appointment, divine dream to believe her. You know, Joseph, he was in this stage. There was three stages uh, first century uh, Jew would go through in being married. He was in the second stage, which was betrothed. So they basically, they lived apart. It lasted for about a year. If the uh, virgin was uh, 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 committed, if you slept with somebody during that period, she could be stoned, and her parents could get involved in the stoning. Joseph knows this. He doesn't want to shame her. He doesn't want to humiliate her. He decides to do it quietly. He decides to divorce her quietly, because that would have been the few amounts of people would have been the witnesses. So it would have been a quiet kind of settling. I don't know if some of us are in that same sort of position tonight, not, not being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, but I mean, we're in that position where we're just like, you know what? The tinsel's great. The lights are great. I love the hymns. The carols are awesome. But you know that bit about Jesus being the Son of God, born of a virgin? If that could just quietly pass us by, that would be great. Like, if we don't have to talk about that part, that awkward bit that's a bit kind of hard to believe, if that could just kind of go away quietly, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I wonder where we are tonight and, and when we come to that thought, where we land with it. What do we do with the person of Jesus? What do we do with the story? What did Joseph do with the story? Well, let me tell you a very quick story about the Getty family. The Getty family uh, are people who own this amazing art museum out in California. And the Getty family have this thing called the Getty Kudos. He is the, the Kudos here. Now, this was presented to the Getty family as an amazing statue. It was an, uh, presented them as something that's really, really, really old. It's an old thing. And these guys that dug it up out of the ground wanted 10 million dollars for it. They wanted 10 million dollars for it. It's a rare statue. There's only 12 of these in in the world. 
And the Getty family was like, well, is this real? Is this fake? How do we know that this is an actual statue of that date? So they employed scientists and people to take shavings off the knee of the sculpture. They analyzed it. They even x-rayed it. They spent months and months and months analyzing it and, and testing it. And they said, you know what? Yeah, I think initially it's, it is old. It's, it's worth a shot. You know, I would, I would encourage you to get it. So the Getty family made this purchase for $10 million. However, when they did the big reveal, they revealed the statue to artists and archaeologists. And when the cover was pulled away and they looked at it, the artist said, it's fake. The archaeologist said, that's fake. In fact, one of the archaeologists looked at it and he said, I've spent my whole life digging things out of the ground. That thing hasn't spent one day in the ground. <laughs> Ouch, what do you do? So the Getty family, they're in a, an interesting situation. Do they believe them? Is it real? Is it fake? It's quite an incredible story. What do they do with the statue? Where do you place something that could be worth 10 million or it could be fake? Well, the Getty family did something really interesting. They couldn't decide. The museum couldn't decide. So they slapped a label over it that said this. This is the label. Greek, about 530 BC or modern forgery. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, the tricky thing is, I don't believe you can do that with the Jesus story. I don't believe you can slap a label over it saying, I don't know. Could be true, could not be. Might be, it might not. I'm undecided. It's unknown, really, actually. I don't believe that Jesus has given us that option. Some of us may be in that category. We think, I'm a little bit undecided. You know, the problem is that these sort of questions, they don't go away. Who are we? What are we living for? Why are we here? Is there a God? These questions knock at the door of our hearts. It's like a, a candle of flame that burns away in us, and they need to be answered. See, Jesus said some incredible things. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. He said, I and the Father are one. He didn't say I'm just a good person. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. This is what uh, the writer C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis is an amazing author. He gave us gorgeous books like Narnia, things like that. C.S. Lewis says this, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He'd either be insane or the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else something worse. But let's not come up with this patronizing nonsense about him just being a good human teacher. He hasn't left that option open to us. He never intended to. Joseph chose to accept the baby Jesus that was growing in the womb. Joseph accepted Jesus and gave way to an incredible person, an incredible life that's changed our land, our world, our universe forever. Here's a little poem that's a shortened version called One Solitary Life about the life of Jesus. Jesus was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village, and he worked as a carpenter until he was 30. Then, for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never went to college. He had no credentials but himself. 
His friends ran away, and one of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial and was nailed on a cross. Then when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave. Yet, centuries have come and gone, and today he is the centerpiece of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, and all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of humanity upon this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. Time magazine described Jesus as the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness, and love in the history of Western humanity. Arguably one of the greatest minds in the world ever, Albert Einstein, said this, I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. Well, we know Jesus, uh, Joseph chose Jesus. He had the dream. He didn't pass the dream off as too much wine or too much cheese. He said, I believe that is going to be Jesus, going to be the Son of God. He chose to believe People all around the world have chose to believe, explore, journey. Like me, I chose to believe in Jesus at the age of five and continue to choose him every day. Let me finish with a train spotting style rant of choose life. Choose life. Choose to believe that there's more to life. Choose to believe that amongst the tinsel and the sticky tape, there's much, much more. Choose something and someone that lasts forever. Choose faith. Choose the, to place your trust in a trustworthy person. Choose to unwrap what we believe is the best gift ever, the person of Jesus, and the opportunity to follow him. Choose to follow that person, and not just on your screen or social media, but with your whole life. Choose to follow a person that 2.2 billion people around the world already have. Choose life and the creator of it. Choose to explore. Choose to open the door to Jesus and the reality of him. Choose the real reason for the season. Choose Jesus. Choose life. Thanks for listening. Libby.